Welcome back to another episode of The Art of Giving a Damn. Today my guest is Trish Johnson, who's a certified life coach, lifelong learner, teacher, podcaster, who specializes in helping women who are feeling stuck and overwhelmed live more joyful, fulfilling lives. She helps clients work through fears as well as other limiting beliefs, so you're able to really live a life on purpose, or what Trish likes to call an illuminated life. Trish, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Michelle, for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. You know, I'm excited to chat because you've got a really unique story of what you've been through um, in the last few years of your life. So let's let's just start there. Why don't you share a little bit with the listeners about what you've been through to get to where you're at right now? Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, it's kind of been a long road. I shared with you a little bit. Um, over the last 10 years, a lot of things have happened in my life. Um, it, if, I'm not going to do it chronologically, but I'll share. Okay. I have watched both my parents die of lung cancer. Um, my sister also had cancer, breast cancer, stage three. She survived. She's a survivor. Um, I personally was diagnosed with MS um, when I was 29. And um, also was diagnosed with um, the BRCA2 gene that my sister also had that makes you about 90% likely in your lifetime to have cancer and a 50% chance of having ovarian cancer. And so I underwent some prophylactic uh, surgeries to beat my odds. And so now I'm living with a less than 5% chance. Um, I did that. It was a, a very difficult decision, but when you watch other people that you love go through that and having young children of my own, I wanted to be there for them. Um, so I did that. And then even along before that happened, um, I almost lost my life in childbirth with my second daughter. So I just had a lot of really big things happen in my life. Yeah. So, you know, um, go just, ahead. just one of those, just one of those is enough to, to paralyze somebody, you know, and, and, and overwhelm. That's a lot to deal with. So how did you keep going through all of that hitting you? Well, <laughs> the very first big challenge I came across was MS. And when I was diagnosed, I went to a support group, and I sat such such a neat visual, <laughs> neat experience, and a lesson well learned. Um, I sat at a table with a woman to my left who was complete curmudgeon, just totally depressed and totally upset about how MS had affected her life. She walked with a cane. That to my right was a man and his wife who was almost completely paralyzed from MS, and he was the most delightful man I've ever met. And he and his wife looked over at me and my husband, who you know are just new to this diagnosis, and we're just learning how are we going to walk this path? How am I going to walk this path? And the gentleman said to me, "You know, you have two choices in life. You can let experiences like this take over and." totally diminish your life or you can move forward as mo as positive as possible and find the silver lining and so I had that lesson to carry me through so I never gave up I kept pushing mm -hmm. through kept pushing through kept pushing through but looking back I definitely lived a very safe 
life. And I hid behind a lot of that tragedy. Um, and it really kept me paralyzed. That, that is, that's a lot to deal with. You know, I love the difference in perspective that you kind of found at that meeting of same diagnosis, just different choices of how to approach life moving forward. So what was it that took you from where you were at to what you're doing now with life coaching and, and building a business around that? How did you transition between those? It's, it's been a long road, um, but I think yeah. this, I truly believe that this is my calling. Um, I started out in education, and I was a teacher, and, okay. and then I moved into special education, and through that process, there's actually coaching for teachers, and okay. I have people asking me, you know, you've got this gift of helping people and listening and supporting people and really bringing out the best and helping people see what is so wonderful inside of them and what they have to give. And so I ended up in instructional coaching with teachers and helping them improve their practice, which was okay. loved. I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even know this existed, um, other than using it in my own practice for teaching. And so uh -huh. I found the value there. And then as I was a coach for teachers, I, they were coming to me not only with challenges that they were having in their classrooms, but challenges that they were having outside of their classrooms, whether it was a, with a teammate or even struggles at home with their own kids or their own relationships, um, own challenges that were overshadowing some of the energy that they had or didn't have for their classrooms and what they wanted for their classrooms. So I did a lot of personal coaching in my job of um, instructional coach. So I started to realize that I still love um, helping teachers, and I still do that. But I really wanted to help people where, like kind of the, at the whole person because if we can start with our whole person first, then everything in our life, whether it's our relationships, our goals, our jobs, all of that is just that much easier. So I started a life coaching business, and I've been doing that for about two years. And formally, I just started the business side of it in January of this year. That's awesome. Well, congrats on the uh, fairly new direction. Thank you. Thank you. So let's go back a little bit to kind of some of what you've gone through. For anybody listening who's thinking, okay, some of that sounds familiar. They're going through something similar, whether it's with a family member or for themselves or whatever their situation is, they're feeling that same overwhelm of, you know, maybe it's just one big thing or maybe it's lots of things decided to hit them at once. What are a couple of things that you learned that, somebody can do to help shift themselves from feeling like the one person you mentioned that the diagnosis of a challenge is just ruined the life versus choosing to have somehow a positive perspective through something challenging like that. Yeah, and it can be really hard to do, and I, I want to really honor anyone who might be going through any major tragedy um, or multiple challenges in your life. Um, it's you need to honor who you are and what you're feeling in that moment. So first and foremost, you have to honor that. You can't discount what you're doing because I think that that's counterproductive. 
Um, yeah. But you you do have to acknowledge it, but then really taking time to create awareness around what's happening in your life on the outside, but how that's affecting you on your inside. And that's where I spend a lot of time with my clients is we, we definitely deal with things that are on the outside, but what's how is that impacting the inside and how can that really be addressed and bring awareness to that situation so that we can really figure out what the current state is and then start thinking mm-hmm. about what it is that we can be doing to make improvements. And if we have the energy and space to make major improvements, then great. If, if we're in survival mode because we get tragedy after tragedy coming at us, then we need to think about what, what's just one thing that we can right. do to have a positive impact in our life. And I think as long as you bring awareness and choice to your situation, then you really can stay on that positive side of things while still honoring the emotions and and difficulty without getting sucked down into that, the the negative side of that. That that makes a lot of sense. And it's, it's easy when we're going through things like that to kind of forget that we even have choices that we can make and how we respond to it because it does kind of consume you when you're going through something like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's an interesting point, though, about being really aware of how it's affecting you on the inside because sometimes you get in that mode where it's just, let me get through. It's not even a day at a time. It's, let me get through the next five minutes and the next five minutes. and, And you forget that you do still have choices, that you do still have goals you can set for yourself in life, how do you recommend or or coach people through the idea of kind of pulling themselves out of that survival mode into really looking at big picture, um, being empowered to kind of make those bigger life decisions? Where does somebody even start to move from survival mode? Yeah, it's hard. I think first you need to get your needs met. So what are the the basic needs that you get you need are met. So making sure you're safe, making sure you if if it's a diagnosis that your your appointments are set up and do you have a network of support. Once we've gotten all the the basics of survival taken care of, then mm-hmm. I help people really take a step back out of because typically what happens is it's the thoughts about the situation that are really taking hold on us and pulling us down. Mm-hmm. And so an example of that might be that you or your family member gets a difficult diagnosis or somebody loses a job. And the, the thoughts that come with that is, I'm never going to get to see that person again. Or what happens if I only have a short amount of time to live? It could be... It could be a minor diagnosis, but it's very easy to go to that negative space, to the worst-case scenario. And so really helping, if, if you're doing this work on your own, finding, okay, what is the worst-case scenario? What's the best-case scenario? And what is the most likely to happen? And then how do we increase the positive side of that and get it closer to the best scenario? I like that because that kind of brings back a little bit of a feeling of control for people when you're able to project out and figure out what is likely to happen, how am I going to handle that. That's a great tip. I think another piece that's really important is, you know, you're you're getting awareness and perspective about the situation. 
but then you're also taking time to look at the thoughts that are coming with the situation and really thinking, is this, is this absolutely a definite? And if it's not, then what are different thoughts that you can replace those really negative, extreme, tragic, our brains are designed to go to that worst case scenario. So how do we replace those worst case scenario thoughts, more realistic, believable, true thoughts that are positive, that get us in that space of getting mobile and not paralyzed? Yeah. Uh, that's that's really good advice because it, it is like there is something in our brains that goes immediately to worst case scenario, especially if you get a diagnosis or a family member does and you, God forbid, Google the word. Yeah, Never Google. a good idea. Don't Google. Um, but what what's like a concrete example that somebody listening could use if, if you're in that space where your brain is going worst case scenario and you kind of start that tailspin, how do you recommend somebody kind of replace that thought and pull themselves out of it? I think the very first thing is as simple as saying the word stop. So you have to recognize that the thought's happening, and as soon as it's happening, you're going to say stop. Take a deep breath. Almost putting it out on a table or visualizing it on a piece of paper and looking at it as if you were in a balcony, looking down on you, looking at you, looking at the paper, or looking at you of this thing written down. And sometimes it even helps just to write that thought down and look at it on paper so it creates a space for you. And really take that analytical side of our minds versus that lizard, we call it the lizard brain and the wizard brain. (laughs) Take that wizard brain approach to looking at, well, well, how realistic is this? And I think by just simply starting with stop, get that thought out of your head, whether it's visually in your mind, picturing it somewhere out of your mind or writing it down and then really looking at that with that analytical side of your mind. I think it also helps to tell yourself, I have two parts of my brain that help me Mm. in my life. I have my lizard brain that's going to keep me safe from danger. I think for a lot of us, we're not in a space that our lizard brain does a service. And so if we can realize that this is our natural body's way, our mind's way of keeping us safe, but it's not serving us in this moment, then we can switch over to that wizard brain or that analytical side of our brain to really start looking at how realistic are these fears, how realistic are these thoughts. And then that helps us change the thinking of, nope, this is the extreme. Though that might happen, this is more likely to happen. And now, now that I realize this, what can I do to help me get out of that fight or flight mode? Because that's exactly what happens. We, our brains don't know the difference when we're in our lizard yeah. brain. It just thinks that we're in danger. And though there might be a threat, whether it's the loss of a job and you're worried about having income or the diagnosis or whatever it is, we have to help our brains know that we're safe. And then we can start being productive and start making decisions about ways to support ourselves through that event. I love that. It's such an important thing for us to be aware of that it's, it's not just our brains in one mode. It's there are different pieces of what our brains do naturally that sometimes we're trying to protect ourselves but not in the best way. And if we can be aware of that, 
then we can consciously make better decisions and control it. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's it's kind of a respect for both sides of the brain, but again, it's that balcony view. You're coming up above both sides, and, and what is really the one that I need right now? And usually it's the analytical brain. Not always, thank goodness, but most of the time it's our our, our analytical brain. And there will be times when we do need that lizard brain, that fight or flight response. If there's something that we feel in a dark parking garage, we need to listen to that. Yeah. So it's finding that. That would be absolutely a time to listen to the lizard brain <laughs> out of there. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, so it's just creating that awareness. It's not letting one side take over, that you're mm. really taking the driver's seat of both sides and using right. both sides to your advantage. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And the idea of just kind of that word stop so that you can step back and really think through what's going on is that's so powerful. Mm-hmm. And simple, but it, and it yeah. takes practice. And that's where I think a lot of the coaching comes in. When you have a coach to help you do that, you get your goals Absolutely. faster. Um, but anyone can put this practice in place. Yeah, you know, that, that's one of the things that you said a minute ago about getting the support that you need when you talk about like addressing the needs you have when you're going through something like that. It is really important to step back enough to look at what do I actually need or to reach what thing is that will respond. Putting the support in place that we need is really critical to being able to get through things or to get to the next level. It's it's a conversation I've had with clients before because we'll be talking about things in business related to life too, and and I'll be well. This person isn't supporting me the way I need. I'm like, well, is that the right person to provide that type of support? Are they actually equipped to help you through it, or do you need somebody who understands it in a different way who can give you that specific type of support? Because sometimes we look for the support we need, but in the wrong places, and that's setting everybody up for failure. Right. No, Absolutely. I think it's one of the reasons we see so many business and life coaches out there now is because people have woken up and realized, okay, my spouse or my parents or my kids may not be the best person for this type of support. And oftentimes, though those people mean well, they don't have the tools that coaches have to exactly. really help you grow. I know that my husband, yeah. bless his heart, is such a dear support to me but he doesn't always push me the way that I need to be pushed to achieve my goals. Um, right. He will also oftentimes bail me out because he doesn't want to see me struggle. He doesn't want that. Right. He just wants things to be yeah. easy for me. So a lot of the people that are in our lives are like that because they love us and care about us. So you're right. It's such a good point. I think that's where and why I love coaching is – it's so powerful and it's so underused um, that that's why I'm so passionate about it. It's, it works. <laughs> it absolutely, it does. And it's one of those things that until somebody has experienced it, it can be really hard to explain why it works so well. But that is part of it, of having that person who very often has been through either what you're going through or something similar enough, they're not going to let you off the hook. They're going to help you figure out how to actually resolve things, actually deal with things in a different way than sometimes the people around us who love us and want to support us. They have such a different perspective. Absolutely. So, um, you know, one of the questions that I ask everybody is, what is your favorite part 
of what you do in business? So the business side of this has been challenging because I came from the education world where it's nothing like business. And so um, I really the, the best part of my business, the part I love the most is really walking alongside people as they start to discover the strengths that they have within themselves and get clear on what they want and then go for it and not let anything stop them and anything that does become a challenge, how, how they break through it. And that's just such an honor to walk alongside and be a part of what somebody has really been passionate about in their own life and stuck. And so watching them get unstuck and really get to where they want to be and blossom is the best. It's just such a gift. Um, it, it makes the business side of things very uh, worthwhile for sure. I can imagine why that would be your favorite part of it, just seeing people be able to get past that stuck point, get clear on what they want and go after it. That's awesome. Okay, well, guys, for anybody listening or watching the video here, there's going to be a link somewhere near it to where you can connect with Trish. I'll give you the link to her website. It's trishjohnson.com. You can find some more details about what she does there as well as, Trish, you offer uh, free clarity sessions. People can connect with you to find out more about how coaching works, talk to maybe some of their life goals, and, um, and find out more about how you can support them with that. Yes, absolutely. All right, so make sure you go over to trishjohnson.com, find out more, and if you are watching this at theartofgivingadam.com, you'll also find links right below the video to connect with Trish on Facebook, on Instagram, some different places she's, she's active on social media. I encourage you to reach out to her if some of what she shared kind of hit you as, okay, she might actually understand what you're going through, or if you know somebody who's going through some of what she shared or something similar that could use some support, connect them with her because one of the things that so often we're missing is the right kind of support to help us not just survive life but make the choice to thrive and really step into the good side, the positives that come out of whatever life throws our way. So I encourage you again, connect with Trish, connect people you know with her if you know they could use a little more support. And thank you for tuning in today, Trish. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Michelle, thank you so much, and thank you to your listeners. It's such an honor to be a part of this. So I just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Guys, wherever you're tuning in, be sure you subscribe, rate, review, like the show, and I will see you back for the next episode.